<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. For 25 years, Seth Lightman has seen it all. From the newest electric car revolution, solar power, bike lanes made in NYC. And now we are here. More electric cars, need for more renewables and eco-friendly products in our world. Well, now it's time for an all-out podcast for this time. You're listening to The Green Living Guy Show. He's funny, real, exactly on point. And some think his style is so raw, it's crazy. Let's do this, folks. It's time for The Green Living Guy Show with Seth Lightman. What's up, everybody? It's Seth Lightman, The Green Living Guy. I have the honor of talking with one of our Jewish uh, not just people that are out there speaking, but uh, is a model, is an actress, and doing her thing. And I just needed to get her on this The Green Living Guy podcast. Welcome to the stage. Welcome to the show. Danielle Yablanca. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So let's start with what uh, I usually do is how did you start? Well, let's put it this way. I would assume that Jewish came first, modeling came second. I'm going on a limb. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I was always a quirky, like really tall, skinny kid. Um, but Jewish pride was always there. But the platform I've built definitely would not have happened without my modeling career. So tell me a little bit more then about your modeling career and how that all started and where you've been and, and, and what, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I want to sure. know. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, well, like I said, I was always a really quirky, tall, really skinny kid. Um, all of my elementary school photos are like, you see a line and then there's like that one awkward one at the end who's like super tall. Yeah. Um, and in middle school, I think I was like 5'10". Um, yeah, and I was just... I, I wouldn't say I was the most confident. I definitely had like a fun little personality, but um, I'd always been interested in modeling clear, because everyone tells you when you're tall, like you should be a model, you should be a model. Um, and one day in the newspaper, I saw Ivanka Trump was having a model search because she used to have a modeling agency. Um, oh. Yeah. And I was like in eighth grade going into ninth grade and I, that would make me like 14, I think, 13 or 14. And I went to this model search and at that point I think I turned 15 and I met all these amazing girls at this search and I didn't get it because I was too you're supposed to be 16 and older to be a, a, like considered so they let me be a part of it but I wasn't actually able to participate as a contender um, and it was a really cool day where I'd met a bunch of girls and I made the most of it and it turned out a lot of those girls have continued being my friends to this day, but really mentored me and guided me in the space. And as I went to high school, one of the girls went to the high school I went to, and she really helped me and introduced me to my agent now. And so since then, I started a platform with my modeling, which was Instagram was still new. It was 24, 15, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So 
it was still newer and girls were starting to use platform Instagram, you know, it was modeling influencers modeling. And I did that. I, <laughs> I modeled yeah, yeah. and I posted it online. I did Miami fashion week. I did, I do mostly runway cause I'm six feet tall and now, and I was really skinny and yep. now I just do more local modeling, just smaller gigs because I really want to focus my my goals and my platform on my Jewish advocacy and inspiring others to use their platforms as a space to speak up. Absolutely. So uh, just so uh, I'll put links up for you in the description, of course. But like uh, you did Miami Fashion Week, so uh, some magazines you've been in that people can like, you know, skim the, the papers, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't do a lot of print work, but I have done the cover of Coral Gables magazine in Miami okay. when I was, okay. when I was okay. younger. I, yeah, I'm not a print girly. They don't, my face isn't really for print. Um, it's more oh, just my see. height is great for the runway. What happened? Nonsense. Okay. Oh, no, okay. I, I, that doesn't change the way I feel about myself. I just know my limits within the industry. And I also knew that if I hadn't hit a certain point of stardom by the time I was 18, I wasn't going to be a famous supermodel. I was just going to. And that's really actually a huge time in my life where I decided that my platform could be so much more than just pretty pictures. So I did a big, a big turn. Yeah. A big change. <laughs> thanks. thanks. <laughs> That's a big thing. I mean, that that's a big thing to, that's really a big thing to, to I mean, it, maybe it was Hashem's work, but it's like to realize that you're more than just a photo is a big thing. A lot of people don't get that. So to um, almost give yourself that opportunity to dig deeper into yourself is like a real, must be a real transformation for yourself because you got to feel you know identify with what you were and get that out there yeah. just besides very much and i'm sh and, and i know that every experience i had either whether that be my prof in a professional setting backstage on a runway dealing with clients i learned that from a very young age and i think it really helped propel me into my nonprofit career where i'm able to be with people and talk to people and um just be a professional. Um, so yeah. And I actually, I never, it's really funny. You ask me questions about modeling because I typically never talk about it. Um, in the oh, advocacy okay. space, no, it's okay. It's, it's um, yeah. I allow it. <laughs> um, just, you know, a lot of times growing up, people would tell me that I would never be taken seriously in the advocacy space. If I was a model and if I was posting, pretty pictures all the time. How would I be taken seriously in a political space? Um, <laughs> like who's saying that? You know? <laughs> I know it was and to be like 17, 18 and hear that. It's like, am I, am I going to betray who I want to be for, you know, it was a lot of conflicting ideas, but at the end of the day, I knew who I was and what I stood for. And I knew that it didn't matter if I was modeling, I could still, I could still talk about politics and be hot and Jewish. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a big thing. And also growing up, you know, being a model, a lot of guys mainly, but even women would look at you and just like write you off as a model. Like, oh, you're a model. Or the first thing a guy would ask you on a first date is you're a model. Tell me about that. Um, and so it's a lot more refreshing for me and empowering when people talk about my other 
attributes or my brains or my activism or my art, because to me, those are more valuable parts of my identity. But modeling is still something I'm very proud of. um, And it's definitely shaped me into the woman that I am today. Well, that's, I think, where I was trying to go with your journey here in this discussion is like, what do you think started first? And then you got it, we got into modeling, but then like now, um, as we think about it, you're into this uh, Jewish identity component to your brand and beside that being your brand being you. So how did you integrate that? When did you integrate that? Um, how, how much did yeah. you do it before? And then the other, you know, like, and then how, mu- how much did you do before? And then what did 10-7 do? to change that, I guess. So it's funny. I call my, my 2019 was like my peak modeling year. I was like the skinniest I'd ever been. And, you know, like I was booking all the shows and I was a senior in high school and I was doing well in my classes. So I, um, was missing a lot of school actually for modeling. And I went to a fine arts school and it was a very prestigious art school in Miami, um, design and architecture. So I was studying fashion design. And at the same time I was Forming my building my own collection, senior collection, and my senior art portfolio while missing a lot, a lot of school for fashion shows and events. And just like a small, like where my world collided was when I was able to take my art and put it, I printed my artwork onto fabric and I created a fashion senior collection that was a Jewish pride collection that was presented in Miami Fashion Week in 2019. But that's also the year that my activism took a huge step forward. Um, I was more involved in BBYO and had Jewish youth group and had leadership opportunities presented my way. And I was able to climb on every opportunity I could apply for every scholarship I could and put myself in every room I wanted to be in. So that when, you know, as my modeling career, like I said, I turned 18 and you kind of realize like, this isn't what I want to do, or this isn't going to be the, my, my big break. Uh, I started to get more involved in BBYO and leadership and stand with us. And then I worked at Jewish Federation and I went on all these trips my senior year, thanks to scholarships and opportunities. I put myself in the right spaces where I was offered the opportunity to go to APAC and to do stand with us and to um, do BBYO international programs. And that's really, really, really impacted the human that I am and the speaker, the activist that I am. Um, it exposed me to Israel, Zionism. I didn't even know what Zionism was. And I definitely skipped it. But my in high school, I started the Jewish Union Club on my in my high school because there was no Jewish group. Um, I also I there was it happened because my freshman year of high school, I in ninth grade, I experienced anti-Semitism. I, it was multicultural day and I was drawing an Israel flag and some boys came up, really cute boys. I <laughs> came up and offered to color the flag for me and they drew a big swastika in the middle. And I'd never faced anything like that in my life. I'd always been so proud of my identity, so proud of Judaism. But I realized in that moment that I, I didn't even know what I was fighting for. How could I be so proud of who I am and not know where I come from? And that really, really, again, being 15, 16 back then was a peak moment where I realized if I want to talk about these things, I need to know what I'm talking about. So as I get older, I'm putting myself in these spaces where I'm able to learn and digest as much as possible so that God forbid that happens again. I know how to combat it. Okay. Okay. So uh, you started that at around, you know, 17, 18. 
Um, and then, yeah, just to give you context for me, um, I started, well, I was a religious uh, kid or a synagogue kid when I was growing up because I lived in an anti-Semitic town. So it was my only savior. Um, and um, then when we left there, uh, I went to a, a different town um, and finally gained friends. But I also was grateful for my Jewish identity, got involved in USY. And then um, I was back then, just to give <laughs> age out there, uh, I was. it was around the eight, late 80s, so... Uh, Back in 88, you know, uh, uh, it was when I got, I volunteered as an internship uh, for the Coalition of Free Soviet Jews. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the one that was with uh, Natan Sharansky and all that, uh, that whole movement. So my job would be uh, every day verifying the books of what the State Department saying was emigrated and then what we had is like names and stuff and to make sure there was no gaps or anything like right. that and then I was able grateful to go backstage to the these massive rallies and I'm like oh my god you know is that all yeah happening? it's empowering yeah and you start to realize what it's all about um and uh that was that was definitely it was it, it was funny because I was even at uh, a USY event and I'm standing there you know, with the promoting Soviet Jewry and all this kind of stuff, and nobody's doing anything, and all of a sudden, uh, I was like, I don't know what to do. I was, I was almost frustrated, like nobody is listening, and I started to almost pack up. And one dude taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, "Don't stop." He goes, "Don't, don't, don't stop. Just, just keep on doing what you're doing." So, you know, um, that's a that's a huge moment. That's a huge yeah. moment. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, that's kind of like when I realized, okay. Um, I think that's a defining moment as an activist or as a Jew. Yeah. They'll tell you to stop or to hide yourself or be smaller. Yeah. I, he said, don't stop. He just looked yeah. me in the eye. It was like, don't. I mean, I've had anti-Semitic events before then, but as the, the, the definitely the change to an activist or at least understanding what standing up means, um, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, was very empowering, um, to say the least. Uh, then I interned for uh, uh, my congressman at the time. It was Congressman Ben Gilman, who was heavily involved in Soviet Jewry and all that kind of stuff. So that was fun. Um, then I went um, through high school, like through college. I was just more of like, a, you know, I would go to Hillel, but um, mostly was the high holidays and a Passover guy. I don't know. Even when everybody else was eating, you know, bagel and cream cheese, I'd still go to the, my fraternity table and bust out, you know, the bagel, you know, the, the matzah and everything like that to be like, come on, you know, with my pledge name, which ironically I had two different pledge names. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with the one that, um, where I originally started my fraternity. So, uh, they would be like, come on, scooter, do me a favor. <laughs> Take it. Eat a bagel or something. Have some pizza. I'm like, no, oh, dude, it's Passover. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna represent. So um, I kept doing that, and then um, as I got older, I think uh, the only other time I really got involved, like I volunteered for something, was when my wife and I were still dating, and she just graduated college, and she was about to go birthright. So we did Sorel. So we did. Uh, we stayed actually on an intelligence base. Uh, during the week and then it, 
weekends, we would stay at her aunt and uncle's, and then we toured after three weeks the country. And then after that, we went down to the Red Sea and show for a little bit. <laughs> it was That's fun. Cool. Yeah. So um, volunteering for the Israeli army and being on a base and all that kind of stuff was That's more awesome. than enough of experience. Yeah. And younger ages, I was involved. I was in Zionist camp. So yeah, like when my dad was trying to get his PhD, he would send me off to Zionist camp. So wow, I learned how to dive in as a kid and all that kind of stuff. So wow. a lot of it now is like taking the record and putting it back on the needle. Really, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like uh, you know, I'm doing my I've been doing my thing and everything, but then ten seven came, and mm -hmm. I was of course at first was in a state of shock, and then I just um, suited up, <laughs> I guess. Went, yeah. to, went to war as we all are. Um, so what did 10-7 do for you? You know? Yeah. So it's interesting because I had my my anti-Israel experience my freshman year of college. I went to a fine arts college in California. I had a full ride. Super excited to bring my activism there. Um, but I couldn't find a community. And I had a professor, a Jewish professor, who called Israel Occupied Palestine. And I was just like, mind boggled and lost out there. And then to my luck, <laughs> COVID hit uh, in 2020. And I said, F this. And I dropped out. Uh, it was the hardest decision of my life. I make it sound very easy, but like I, I really was at the lowest point of my life and I dropped out and I moved back to Florida and I felt like such a loser and crazy because Florida is like not really that closed. Um, but I was totally embraced by the Jewish community here, um, the Israel community, which I'd never been. I never went to Jewish school. I never went to a Hebrew school. Yes. Ramah for two years. Yes. But like, otherwise I never had a, so Hillel like really embraced me here, um, in Boca and I just found my community and you know, years, I was very involved, very active. And then we had the Kanye thing happen. And that's when I started to make videos about it. Like I was always using my story. That's how I started social media activism, shifting away from modeling was like posting. I have a professor who has an anti-Israel, like here I am wearing an IDF shirt to class. Um, and people were like, yes, you go. This is so badass and blah, blah, blah. And so from there, I'd always use my story to let people know what was going on. But then the Kanye thing happened. And I was like, how can this be happening right now? And I made a video and the video did well. And from there, I realized how much I liked making videos and I kept making videos. And then I've been using my platform for a while now to talk about Israel, to talk about my Jewish identity. And it just, it means everything to me when I have young people who walk up to me and recognize and say like, I, oh, I like your page. I watch all your stories. I'm like, oh, thank goodness someone's watching it. Like, I don't know. Um, but and then 10-7 happened, October 7th, uh, and I was sitting on my couch. It was the middle of the night for us, uh, yeah. and I was watching Netflix, and no one was awake. And I got the rocket alerts on my phone, and I'm just looking around, and I'm like, ha, Hamas is awake. Like, Gaza woke up. It's been so quiet for so long. I'm texting my friends in Israel, and I'm like, guys, please be safe. LOL. But then we realize it's like it's not just a regular rocket attack. It's a... It's a, a terrorist attack. It's an intrusion. And the news is coming in. And it's literally, it's like, what, three, four o'clock in the morning here. And yep. and I'm just, I'm like screaming. I'm like, Abba, my dad. I'm like, dad, dad, like, you have to wake up. There's a terrorist attack in Israel. And he's like coming to the living room in his underwear. Um, and it was just so awful. <laughs> but uh, it was just, it was a mind-blowing day. And I was so depressed. But 
there's no time for that. It's, it was the time for action. And I was posting what was happening. So as, as soon as people woke up, they saw my story and people are messaging me, what's going on? What's going on? I'm freaking out. And like, your phone is just blowing up. And I'll tell you, my phone hasn't stopped blowing up since that day where I see that the Jewish community is more united than ever. I've never felt so connected and so united with my community. Um, I really, really see who my real friends are now. Uh, childhood friends who I don't hear from the whole time who stayed with me in Israel before years ago, who text me about workout classes. And I say, well, thank you for checking up on my 90 year old Safta in Israel that you stayed with. She's doing great. Thanks. Um, and for them to say that, you know, where I stand, I really, like, I really knew in that moment. Yes, I know where you stand. You can go stand in Palestine for all I care. I I really learned who my real friends were. And from that day on, I really found the I learning, continuously learning every day, the importance and the power of social media. Uh, my job now, sorry if I'm rambling, but my job now is to work with college students uh, across the U.S. On October 7th, I was put in a group chat by Hillel International as a graduate. And I was like, oh, what is this? Super fun. Let's I'll help however I can. They asked me if I could help out. Why not? I don't I was in between jobs at the time and it turned into them turning around and hiring me fully to run this group chat of over 300 college students from 150 different campuses across the U.S. where I make sure students feel heard and I see what's happening on campuses in real time. And I'm watching this anti-Zionism unfold, anti-Semitism on campuses. And it's so scary. There's a war happening in my country and then there's a war happening on campus and there's a war happening online. Right. And it's all happening at once. My screen time suddenly went from like four hours a day to 13 hours a day. Um, and yeah, so now all I do all day is I facilitate this group chat and I make sure that what's happening on campus, I'm sending to an influencer chat and making sure that the right media sources are getting that information. I'm posting as much as I can in real time to combat as much misinformation and misguided media as possible. Yeah, there is a lot of misguided media. I never thought I would, you know, the, the, <laughs> I never thought that the newspapers that I wanted to have linked to my, to my stuff, I don't want anything to do with anymore. Uh, like I never thought in a million years that all of those groups and all those papers that we all bought and we subscribed to or we read religiously and we thought that was like the, the you know the hallmark of, of journalism was all involved in this stuff. Yep. Um, it 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 um it it boggles the mind at so many different levels, but it also for us, I almost feel like uh as the older I get, <laughs> nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh, they were all embedded. It's scary. I'm starting to say the same thing. I'm 23 years old and I'm saying the same thing. I, I, nothing's surprising me anymore. I'm seeing the most awful articles or tweets and this, and I'm seeing what my students are going through. And I'm like, oh my God, is it horrible that I'm saying, thank God I'm not a student right now on campus. I can't even my one student's texting me right now how she's afraid to post about it because she's afraid she's going to get spat on on her way to class. Like, it, what what world are we living in that that's okay that people want to be on the side of people who spit on you on your way to class or beat you till you need facial surgery, reconstruction surgery? I know this is happening. It's not just I'm not making it up. Oh no 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 no! This is that, real. Yes, and it's just it's really really concerning. Concerning. It's concerning how 
the double standard. I always thought we were overreacting with anti-Semitism. I always said we need to be careful. We need to be careful. We can't get too comfortable. We can't. My grandparents were Holocaust survivors. I know. Right. But, you know, I never thought it would be this level of war or or hatred. I I just I can't even comprehend it. I've ne- I haven't. I still haven't been able to comprehend that that logic. It's just it's foreign to me. Well, the older I get, the more I start to realize what was really going on kind of thing um it, it, it kind of all after 10 7 makes more sense <laughs> i guess in some ways um, because when and, and i say this really and, and I'll, I'll be really you know sometimes uh, i i have a new uh person who's helping me and um i really need to kind of voice this kind of stuff you know all the kind of work that i've done in in green living and in the environment everything like that has always been with love and light and I think that there are those people that are conflicted are usually the ones that are angry and stand up and will do all that kind of stuff. So their job is to constantly like try and make you look like you're worse. But yeah. in reality, you aren't. It's that they are like what's going on in the Palestinian community or right in the free Palestine. Like they're flipping, they're trying to flip the script on us. But the, what oh, yeah. I'm doing is just holding the mirror right back at them. It's no. Like, yeah, no, uh, no. Um, but what's her name? A not Wilf. Uh, her podcast on we should all be Zionists has like her whole first and the maybe second episode. It is now I'm listening to, but talks about how you just get bullied. Like the, the conflict's like bullying. It's like they just like bully you into being smaller and smaller, and you can't let them win. It's yeah. just. I'd, yeah. I will say it, I'll say it a hundred times over and over again, but I'd rather die a proud Jew than a scared one. So, I think that's something I've also learned, too, is that, uh, uh, especially now, is just like, you can't, <laughs> you can't stop us. Um, I, I have seen what you're seeing. I've seen a community come together like I never thought would. Uh, I have seen people that I never thought I would ever be aligned with, ever being aligned with because of our, our Jewishness and our Am Yisrael Chai and our unity. And it's just amazing um, that, more importantly, like after 10-7, I said, let me give my profile to the community and uh, because how can I help, right? So I gave, and by giving, I got more back. Yes, I lost people, and I'm glad I did. See, I don't want to be with you. But I gave yeah. more back in in... Not just in, in, and it's not about numbers. I'm not talking numbers. I gained in the people, the quality of the people that came to follow me and to join what we are doing, right? Yeah. I, it was more enriching and rewarding to me uh, in all of my years of doing Instagram. I started, I think, in around 2011 after Sundance. Uh, I came back. I was Twitter verified, and all my friends were going, yo, what about Instagram? And I go, what? And they all turn to me, and they go, Instagram. I go, okay, I'm filling out the profile. So, uh, but now it's turned into a massive platform where our word united can be listened to. Uh, I have two boys right now in college and they're dealing with oh, what wow. you're talking about. There you literally, go. literally. So I am living what you're dealing with real time. I have, um, and they're getting bombarded as well. Uh, they are getting they're getting heavily bombarded um, by a lot of nonsense. Uh, luckily, one uh, son hasn't 
had it as bad as the other, um, but the other one is is got it to the point where I feel really bad and want him to come home so that we could just help him out because he got it bad. He's getting it bad. He's uh, and it's not cool. So um, it's not. It's no, not, it's, not. It's, it's, it's not. No. It's awful. It's really awful. And but all I can tell you is to to a parent um, from a student who yeah. is on the more outspoken side. Yeah. Um, I just hope that you're supporting. I know. I know for a fact that you are supporting them both, yeah. and that the pride that you have in your kids' pride means everything. Because my parents, without my parents' support, yes, they always worry for me. But I know that they would never stand in the way of my success and my my passions as an activist and my my need to speak out. I know that they would always, always, always care for my safety and my well-being. And that's their job. But um, at the end of the day, their support and their their pride in me is what has made me who I am. I couldn't be prouder of my kids. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. My oldest, who's going through it right now, he's about to be, uh, get his master's. He'll be a music teacher. Uh, so okay. that's going to be exciting. Um, and he's really, really talented. So I'm excited to see him step into the career world doing that. And my youngest uh, is at Albany for cybersecurity right now. So he's going to be helping us defend against these kinds of issues and he sees it and he gets it you know he really gets it real time um he sees what uh certain i'm not going to bring up names but certain social media companies have done to almost algorithm in the gaza speak um uh you see the s what comes after s so uh (laughs) so anyway uh i just think that you know, we all have to stand together. And I remember it's ironic uh, now. I met a long time ago, David the Rothschild, and we were talking and he did a presentation and he was talking about what, what will save the world. And we were talking, yes, about the environment, but in reality, what he was getting toward was how is we, how are we going to change social thought? And he said it's going to be the people that are down hack, creating code and uh, uh, doing social media and on the computer mm-hmm. and doing this kind of stuff. So, and he and then after he was done uh, with the video, uh, after he was done with his speak and I'm clapping, he he tur- you could see him turn to me and he goes like this. <laughs> he points right at me. So it was like, yeah, it was really a, a profound, those kind of profound moments when you look up and go, okay, I get it. You know, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, so I call it the full circle moments. Well, yeah. Yeah, it really is uh, in many ways. Look, if you ever need help with the college campuses, let me know. I'm here to help. I'm here to support. I'm here to serve. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I don't want any kids feeling unsafe. That is, um, I, you know, I DM. I'm not afraid to DM NYPD. I am not afraid to DM Governor Hochul. I am not afraid to tell them in my story, hey, Look at this, like with Cornell. Deal with this. Like mm-hmm. now we have with CUNY or Columbia. All these real things. Yeah. All these real things. And uh, we're grateful we have a governor who stood up, who's created a tribunal to deal with these kinds of issues. And not many governors have, especially, I'll say, in blue states. So it's very reassuring to have not just a blue 
governor, but to have uh, a governor who's blue and also cares to the Jewish people in such a way that she does. So I, I you know, politics aside, and I learned that from somebody else uh, in the Jewish spaces, politics aside, we have to give respect to those that are in office right now doing the right thing. And so I do support Governor Hochul in her advocacy and support for the Jewish people uh, and, and politics aside. So literally. Um, and so what, where I've seen you, you know, would stand with us, which is a great movement. Uh, I'm trying to get involved with you belong. So maybe we'll talk about that on the back end. But like, there's a lot of um, like folks you're hearing literally what we're talking about in the Jewish community. You're talking about two Jewish people that are, are, are fighting our fight and how we can work together. And this is really what it's about. I even posted about it in um, Sahi Israel's, which is another nonprofit, saying we have to come together. We need to put our differences aside because that's not what Hashem wants. Hashem does not want us to be fighting. Hashem wants us to be working together and, and coming together. And the more we do that, the more enriching everybody's experiences will be, and then we'll all be good. Is that's when the Jewish yeah. people will be good is when we're all good. So it's a, you know, I love doing this because it's, uh, it's not just because it's the right thing or whatever, but it feels good in the soul, you know, doing that kind of stuff. It just, it's right. So um, tell me about what you've been doing recently after 10-7 to stand up and uh, to fight the fight. And uh, I've seen you at some events. I saw you create that amazing dress. Your creativity is just astounding to me. And I wasn't like shouting out, oh, look at you in the dress. I was just like, wow. The, no, no, thank the, you, thank you. The creativity that you put into that. I saw the thought that you put into what you were wearing to represent what you felt and the art in that. And I was like applauding that. I really was. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I, yeah, right now I'm doing, I'm trying to be everywhere and, Nowhere. I'm trying to, yeah. I just got back from like a little, I'll call it like a Tilly Blanca tour, um, where I, I was just like, I was in New York for a fellow fellowship reunion for my college fellowship for Israel. I was in, then I was in Israel for a week and then I flew to Miami and back to LA for a Hillel conference for content creator students. And then I was just in New York last week for the Soldier Save Lives Gala. And I'm yep. tonight I'm going to the Hillel Gala for our local Hillels. And just I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a name and make a platform that that can inspire. Like everyone's been asking me, everyone asks me now, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? But like what do you where do you see this going? What do you see as your where is this going for you? And my answer to that in full confidence now is I want to be the same person that I looked up to when I was in high school or college looking at that stage. Like I want to be on that stage talking and inspiring the next generation because I believe wholeheartedly that the next generation are the future leaders. And while we might have Abraham Accords on the back end now, but like Abraham Accords and all these great things happening, if you're talking to my generation who are the next people supposed to make the Abraham Accords, they don't have feel the same way. And that's what scares me. I want to make sure that the older generations want to continue investing in my generation yeah. and that my generation wants to be invested in, that they want to learn, that they want 
that they know that they're supported and that they have opportunities and that they have a voice. Um, and that's my dream. My dream is to inspire others and I'm doing it. I'm whether it's through painting a dress, making a statement or posting on social media and maybe not getting modeling jobs because one of my clients is posting for a ceasefire and I had to make a comment. So it just like, it, it, it is what it is, but like you said, I just found so many more people that have embraced me since, yeah. since my, I call it also the October 7th cleanse of haters. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's the plan. I'm just doing everything I can to hopefully, God willing, be a role model for others to also use their platforms. Because you don't know how many students come up to me and say, Danielle, I wish I could use my platform like you. Thank you so much for using your voice. Yeah. Danielle, like, I, I, I don't feel confident enough to post about Israel. Like, I don't feel confident enough in my like, knowledge about it. And it really hurts me like, as, as if it came easy. And I just like happen to be a great learner. I, I'm not. I have a ton of learning disabilities. And I was never, I always struggled academically. And I, I took the time and energy to make sure I was educated and confident in what I was saying before. I, you have to know what you're talking about to stand behind it. It's so important. You should never follow anything blindly. You should question everything always and follow with knowledge, not just your heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's the that's the goal. That's the dream. I just want to be an example, God willing. No, you will. You are. I, I think one thing I remember, and I'll I'll, I'll give you this gem. Um, I was at a event uh, back then. It was the Warner Brothers Studio, but now they have it at a, uh, like this airport thing for the Environmental Media Association, uh, which is an organization that I really don't mess with much anymore. Um, I have to have a talk with their executive director, who's Jewish. I haven't seen her really speaking up, and it's quite uh, disheartening. Uh, in fact, the only one that really of her, um, what I would call it, stable of actors that has been speaking out has only been like Emmanuel Shikri, and I give her respect. You know, I knew when I saw her on Entourage uh, and her glow, I said, there's something about this woman. <laughs> now I realize where what it is. Um, uh, but... Um, the gem is, is that when I started, when they started asking me, what do you do? And I said, I want to, and I'm working on whatever. And even it was, it, I was with a group of people and a man turned around with his friend. And they both said to me, you're not wanting to do you're doing. And it was Ted Turner. Wow. And his, his friend. Um, and she, uh, has met people like uh, Mother Teresa and stuff like that. So this is like, when I heard that, I realized I'm doing. Uh, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm doing. So you're doing it. Whatever you're saying that you wish you're going to do, you're doing. You're actualizing real time. So um, I applaud you for what you're doing. I mean, it's it's honorable Thank what you. you're doing to give your platform to such a more noble cause. And um and I appreciate that. Uh, I always appreciate people um, that are more than just like, um, you know, doing duck face. <laughs> yeah, more right. than a And trying face. to get a hundred thousand likes, you know, something like that. Um, you're putting your brain power behind it and you're really um, actualizing this really beautiful thing for yourself, which is um, to stand for so that other kids, other Jewish students, and other Jewish youth can A, be appreciative and understanding of Israel, especially with the, the 
the, the disinformation going on in the mainstream media. Two, to uh, stand up uh, with style and grace and creativity is even more uh, amazing. And, and three, to, to, to not just want to do it today, but to continue that as a path for yourself is, is really enriching uh, to know. So um, thank you for saying you, that. Well, my pleasure. Um, I, I can spot it when I spot it. <laughs> I can call it out. I know what's up. And I, uh, I respect that um, because not many people are willing nowadays to use their platform to do that. And it's quite a shame. I've had my, um, you know, the seven stages of death when you're going through everything and realizing that people aren't going to be there that you're going to have to be that dude that you thought that would rally with you. No, they're not going to be. It's going to be crickets. And it has been really like silent. So to have uh, people like yourself involved uh, only makes me feel stronger about where uh, my kids are, are uh, who they're looking up to and what they're thinking about, because I know at least you've got the Judean warrior sword on you with you and yeah, we must applaud you. that so where can um people find you besides instagram so that uh we can get the word about you and mind you i say this to everybody we will put up all the links that you want in the description uh on all the streaming platforms so that every time anybody goes to apple amazon or wherever they're going to find those link hyperlinks in the description so Tell me what, what they are and we'll make sure they get in there. Sure. It's um it's my Instagram's my main platform. I'm on TikTok, but everything I post about Israel is super duper shadow banned. So I've almost now pretty much given up on it. Um, but I do scroll on it. Uh, and then um, but Instagram is my main platform. I it's my really my only platform. And I also have my website, which is just my name, DanieliaBlanca.com. And from there you can find updates on my Instagram from my Instagram on my website, but you can also find my speaking engagements, um, some news articles and my website where I sell Jewish jewelry because I want everyone to be able to access and afford a Magenta Vita Jewish star or a map of Israel and not have to travel all the way to Israel yep. to get one. Uh, now is the time guys to wear your star louder and prouder than ever. And don't let anyone squash that. Yeah, where I'm wearing my, I got my, uh, for those that are just listening, I'm showing Daniela that I have my mezuzah out and um, I just kissed it. And uh, uh, also, more importantly, that uh, I've got another piece that I'm getting commissioned by a jeweler that uh, is with a, uh, some very, very famous celebs. And she loved my design so much that she's giving it to her child. So I'm very excited. um, And when I, pose for it and do my thing for it. I'm going to share with you and we'll, uh, hopefully we can meet one day so we can do, you know, yeah, that'd be great. you know, but I, I really want to support and help your cause because it is, it is more than noble. It's, it's what's needed. Um, especially when education is being attacked uh, at the same time that Jews are being attacked and Israel is being attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and as somebody, as Brooke Goldstein said, it wasn't just October 7th that hurt me. It was October 8th when they took to the streets in masses was really when I was like, it was the one, two combo. And uh, look, I was up that night too. I was up, I was what, and I had a friend who got me into telegram groups that I wish I didn't see, but 
um, I saw it all. And I know, um, so did I. And I, I want to say I regret it, but if we're not going to bear witness, who will? Yeah, I had, I had, you know, you, there's, there's the thing about blotcher transgressions, but then there's the other thing of no evil and no, and no, you know, there's a time for war and a time for peace, and this is definitely the time for. For war, um, and you know Lebanon's next, and we have to be prepared for what's coming. But uh, be strong together, which is what it's all about. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, I, I appreciate also the because um, I've mentioned this before to other people, so I'll mention it to you. Is like I see that you have like this um, natural look and glow going on versus just like um, uh, um, uh, makeup caked on. And that's reassuring too, because, you know, I have warned people that sometimes they walk out of their house putting 400 chemicals on their body and not even knowing it. <laughs> so it's really uh, reassuring to know that uh, you do that because I always try and tell the models. I'll like, I'll DM, I'll be like, when they have to do a natural face, hope I like, you know, I'll be like, yes, that's, you're natural. That's, Holler, holler. <laughs> you know, do your thing, represent, and uh, as Green Living Guy says, one small step at a time. Today's one small step. Besides sporting Green Living is uh, Daniela Labanga because of her support, advocacy, and willingness to do the right thing at the time, not just when the time was called for, but before then. So uh, she saw it like I do. The right, I saw the writing on the wall of where we were heading, especially after Kanye. I said, I literally kept saying in groups, in chats, something's about to pop. And I don't know what it is, but something's about to pop off because you don't have this much pressure without something going off. And yep. it did it. So we are uh, Judean warriors in this fight, and I am with you. Sword and shield in hand, ready to go. So thank you. Daniel LeBlanco, peace! Peace out. Thank you. Hang on. You've been listening to The Green Living Guy Show with your host, Seth Lightman. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.